Hello and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are talking about how to study scripture, study the Bible. That, that doesn't sound exciting at all, but what we're going to talk about is amazing. We are going to talk about going beyond surface-level Bible study. Nothing, nothing wrong with surface-level. Right. But we're going to learn some words today. We're going to learn some techniques today at walking through the Word. What you're going to talk about today, I had not heard until you told us about it. I'm sure they teach it, you know, in some seminary classes. I'm sure they don't, <laughs> unfortunately. Sadly, they unfortunately, probably don't teach don't. this in seminary. But it's going to be super helpful for you as a leader to help study the Bible for yourself, but also as you teach others to study the Bible. And then if you're just listening and you are thinking, how do I study the Bible uh, in a greater way than just reading it and highlighting some things or writing some I mean, that, and that is good. That's the baby step. That's step one. Yeah. Reading the Word is key. So we're absolutely not saying don't do that. But how can we take it a step further? Yeah. And so where do you want to get started? A lot of stuff. Well, yeah. So let me give a couple disclaimers couple before disclaimers. we start. Because yes, we, we always need those. We got <laughs> to give a disclaimer. Because what you're going to hear today is something many, if not most of you, have never heard before, mm. in- including me till recently. Um, I went to seminary, got degrees beyond master's degrees, and I never heard this one time in seminary. And so people listening are going to say, man, you're just making it. Where would you get this from? A simple search online will, will reveal what I'm talking about mm. so you can go fact but check But be it. careful. It's a rabbit hole. You don't necessarily want to go down if you don't know what you're doing. That's true. You will get I don't in know the if rabbit. That's true. I just want to say well, you well, it, 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 there's a anytime lot. Anytime you're searching the web, there's probably some influences you don't want to have. Yeah, right. Yeah, I learned this off of Wikipedia. Okay. No, I'm <laughs> that's got to be reliable, right? That's a joke. Okay, yes, I, yes. I said that joke two weeks ago or last week at yeah. uh, the Bible study I was leaving leading in. Uh, one of my staff guys said, uh, "I think the, I think people didn't realize you were joking." <laughs> I said, "I hope they realize." I was joking. Okay, uh, this is not off of Wikipedia. Okay, yeah. now here's the thing. The question we're going to ask and answer is this: Why haven't you heard this? Okay, mm-hmm. why don't we know this? Because when you learn, and, and if you stick around for the remainder of this podcast, mm-hmm. and we may not finish it all, I just know how these things go. You may have to. All, yeah, it may all, have to be a two parter. We but, have a lot to say and not a lot of time to say it. Yeah, <laughs> that's always the case. But but here's the thing: uh, you you got to realize that if you if you're listening here and you don't understand it, the natural inclination is to say, "Well, I don't believe that. That's not factual. It's not true." So yeah. the question is, why don't we know this, Chris? And here's the answer. Most what we know today, and we're thankful for this, we're, we're, we're appreciative of this, is, is post-Reformation, mm-hmm. okay? Most of what we know happened, uh, most of the writings we have, mm-hmm. most of the theology that was framed, most of the books we read are all post-Reformation books. What do yes. I mean? Martin Luther, after a season of a thousand years called the Dark Ages— resurrected basically this idea or basically uh, championed this idea of the mm. priesthood of all believers. Mm. Okay. Do you know what the priesthood? Yes. Do you know what that means? That means we have direct access to God. We don't need a priest. We don't need an intermediary of a man because Christ is that. That's important. Look at you, dude. You're on I did a, learn something. You did. Le- yeah, I you did, did learn, learn something. That was one of the two things. I yeah. <laughs> so you got that. Okay. And that's a good thing to learn. The, okay. So here's the thing. The priesthood of all believers says we don't have, to, we don't need a priest or a pope or a, a preacher or a parrot or a pirate or whatever you, you know, pirates of sermons, parrots. Wow. Of, wow. <laughs> you, you don't need. I don't know where a parrot Well, is. not a real parrot, oh, but okay. a, pa- a person who 
pi- parrots and pirates. Sorry. Anyway, you don't need any of those things, okay? What you have right. access to God through the Holy Spirit yes. is you can go to the Bible and learn for yourself, okay? Mm. You don't need a priest or a bishop or a cardinal or whatever, okay? So what happened was Martin Luther, because of the Dark Ages, mm-hmm. was very reactionary against a culture of people who he hated, Okay, that was passed down to guys like Calvin and others through the years. And so we have this bent when we start of a hatred toward a people group. What's the people group Luther hates? The Jews. The Jews. In fact, Luther hates the Jews so bad that I found references that Luther suggests that the Jews should be drugged out of their synagogues, beaten, and their synagogues should be burned to the ground. Wow. This is this is quotes. You can I mean, this, this could be offensive to some people listening. It was offensive to me when I read it the first time. I said, "There's no way, not Martin Luther, right?" I know. Now, Luther. We, we, now here's the thing you got to realize about all of us because we all have blind spots yes. and flaws in our life. We all have blind spots. We all miss. We're off on certain things. Right. I don't know if people know this, but John Calvin mm-hmm. uh, ordered the killing of a man. Oh boy! Yeah, and and justified it for the the kingdom of God. Okay, so. All of us have skeletons in the closet, and all of us can be off on certain things. Now, I'm not trying to throw Martin Luther under under the bus. What I'm saying is this. He had a hatred toward the Jews, so much so that he said the book of James, the epistle of James, was a straw man argument and should be ripped out and thrown from the canon. Hmm. Wow. Shouldn't even be in the Bible, okay? (laughs) Okay, now, that's a long story for another day. But, okay, here's what I'm getting at then. Why would we, so why aren't we learning the Jewish culture? Mm. Why haven't we understand the Jewishness of Jesus? Mm. Why has it only more recently resurrected to where people are starting to realize Jesus is not a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, Western American surfer dude from California? (laughs) Well, I think part of it is, too, there's a, a skepticism that we're trying to bring back Jewish tradition to even trump what we know as New Testament living. Yeah. And that's not what you're talking about at all. No. Just to be clear, because I think there are people who listen and go, okay, I've heard of this movement here where they're trying to resurrect all these Jewish ideas, and that's not what we're talking about. What you're yeah. saying is context. Yeah. They've thrown out context because of their personal ideas and beliefs, and that has led to how we study the Bible Yeah, and shaped how we look at the Word. It would be like Candy, my wife, marrying me and saying everything prior to our marriage is irrelevant. I don't care if you lived in the New Orleans area. I don't care if you were raised in a Roman Catholic home. I don't care if you have this up. I don't care about your parents. Like that's irrelevant to our our marriage is fresh and new. We got married. We have a covenant now. We have a new relationship. Yeah. Nobody would do that. Right. The new covenant of marriage doesn't negate the old upbringing of my culture. Mm, okay. True. And I don't know if that's the best example. It's the best off the it top makes of my head. Sense to me. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> so here's what I'm saying is. In order for Candy to have a fuller picture of who I am, in order to learn more about me, to appreciate who I am, Mm. she has to know the past. Now, does the past change who I am today? No. But it brings it into a fuller context. So here's what I want you to understand. When we talk about, which we will in a moment, Jewish hermeneutics. Jewish exegesis. Jewish exegesis. Yeah, we could. Could we call it that? No, no, we can't call. Well, we can. It is doing exegesis. Wikipedia. That's what it's called. Well, uh, (laughs) (laughs) of course, of course, exactly. (laughs) Okay, exegesis and do you know the difference between put you on the spot here? Exegesis and hermeneutics. Um, No, you you acted like you did. I feel confident (laughs) enough to answer on the podcast. (laughs) But here's what's funny though. This is what I think is comical though. 
Most Christians do that. Absolutely. They throw out words like they know what they're talking I'm about. I'm reading it off the screen. I know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly. About. Exa- of course, it was on Wikipedia. Okay, so there's a, di- there's a subtle difference, but there's a difference. What is the difference? Okay, exegesis is the study of Scripture whereby you're taking the truth that's hidden beneath, mm-hmm. casual reading, mm-hmm. and pulling the truth out. So there's a difference in Greek between exegesis, E-X, mm-hmm. now I know this is deep, but follow us, or eisegesis, mm. E-I-S. So E-X, Jesus, and I'm not talking about J-E-S-E-S. Right. We're yes. talking about G-E-S-I-S. Right. Exegesis and eisegesis, mm. okay? I used to think, why do you want to X Jesus out? <laughs> like, leave, leave him in. He's all over the Bible. Why are you Xing Jesus out the Bible? That's not what we're talking about. That's how you remembered it, though. Yeah, that's, how that's exactly right in seminary. Okay, so before we take a break, let me give you this. Exegesis is mm. from the prefix ex, which means what? Uh, no idea. In or out? Out. Out, you got it. So ex is pull out. Mm. So just to remember, if you ever hear this term exegesis, you're pulling out the text. Gotcha. Eisegesis is you putting something what? In. In the text. Now, yeah. if you want to know what eisegesis looks like, just turn on, turn on late night preachers on, oh, to- boy. well, I'm just saying, on, on Christian television. What does the Bible mean for me? Yeah, and, and the Bible, told, God told me, you need to give money to me, mm. which I've always thought was fascinating because when Jesus told the rich young ruler to come follow me and sell it all, he didn't say, give all your possessions to me. Mm. Remember? Uh-huh. He could have. Oops. He said, go, <laughs> Jesus said, go oh, sell to the poor and then come follow me. And you know, Judas was in the back and saying, we just blew a chance. What is Jesus doing? We could have lined <laughs> our pockets. Our budget. What is he doing with this guy? But it just shows us Jesus is not interested in our right. pocketbooks. He's interested in our hearts. So should I correct the Wikipedia page? Hermeneutics. I'm going to get to hermeneutics when we come back. Got it. Coming soon is Discipleship Blue. Blueprint 2.0, Discipleship Blueprint 2.0, you've created a discipleship pathway, you've launched discipleship groups perhaps, and you've created a culture in your church for discipleship, now what do you do? We've seen people walk through the Discipleship Blueprint over and over again, and they've got great and terrific questions that we want to answer at Discipleship Blueprint 2.0, taking place March 2020, March 5th. 2020 from 11 to 9. You can sign up at discipleshipblueprint.com. And at this event, I promise you, you're going to learn all about overcoming obstacles to sustain a disciple-making movement. You're going to learn about the one thing you shouldn't outsource. You're going to find out how to lead a healthy staff toward a healthy church. You're going to talk about moving from meeting to multiplying among several other key sessions that you're going to want to be a part of. Check it out at discipleshipblueprint.com. I'm ready to go myself now. I'll go right now if it weren't next month. True. You're going to want to hold off. You're going to hold off. March 5th, 2020, discipleshipblueprint.com to find out more. And we're back talking about Jewish hermeneutics. Or exegesis. Or exegesis, depending on what, what Wikipedia page you're on or how you've decided to look this up on the Internet, which at this point you're listening, you're, you're hearing us talk about how we can study the word beyond surface level. Yeah. And We're trying to help you become a better disciple. Because to, to make disciple, disciples, right. you have to what? Be a disciple. And to be a disciple, the word disciple, every time you see it, is learner. Mm. It's a learner. Right. The minute you stop learning and the minute you stop following mm-hmm. is the minute you stop growing. Yes. So you've got to be a lifelong learner. Absolutely. And this is, this is something at age 46, I think I am. Okay. Never heard before this year. Yeah. And many people listening would say, I've never heard of this either. Yeah. Okay, so let me give you hermeneutics, and then okay. we'll get into Jewish hermeneutics. All right. Okay? Hermeneutics is from the, the word in Greek in Luke 24. I think it's hermeneo or 
uh, Hermeneia, and uh, when it says, weren't our hearts burning within us? Remember the road to Emmaus? Yes. As he taught or, or as we understood the scriptures, mm. okay? So that word is Hermeneo or hermeneutics is the technical word definition is the art and science mm-hmm. of biblical interpretation, mm. okay? So what that means is art and science means there is a uh, way to do it, there is a process to uncover it, uh, and it's uh, and and it's poetry and, and it's art and it's all of that in one. And there's a way to kind of uncover the text. Now, here's where hermeneutics is different than exegesis. Exegesis, watch this. If you look at two sides of a chasm, mm-hmm. on one side you have exegesis. Right. On this side of the land. Now, picture if you're following, if you're watching our online video, you can mm-hmm. see this on YouTube at Replicate Ministries. YouTube.com slash replicate. And we have our own channel now. That's it. That's Thank you for your subscriptions. Right. We find now you can see you the shenanigans. You have gotten us here, so you may as well go look at it. You, yeah, you <laughs> cannot only hear, but you can see That's shenanigans. Right. Okay. So on one side of the chasm, you have exegesis, okay, right. on the land. Across that is a waterway, mm. okay, of culture and ge- geography and present day times and technology and all these things. And on this side of the chasm, is another piece of land called the present day world. Mm. So the ancient world on one side, the present day world on the other side, here's what hermeneutics does. It builds an arch or a bridge Mm. between the ancient world Hmm. to the present world. That's very different than exegesis. Very different. That's why I said, I don't know. It's very similar. I'm saying that's totally different. Well, I tried to help you. (laughs) I didn't want you to feel bad. I sometimes say what I say to help the audience that's listening. I'm sure somebody thought that. (laughs) When you said that, I'm sure a guy driving said, man, he's right. There you go. (laughs) Okay. So technically you're in the same vein. Okay. Here's what hermeneutics is. So if hermeneutics is the way we interpret scripture Mm -hmm. or teach scripture or understand scripture, did Jesus have a technique? Did Jesus have a rabbinical way of teaching the scripture so that people could understand yes you're gonna go with yes i'm gonna say parables you're exactly right okay i mean so, that's my guess that's a great guess good okay Thank so goodness. turn with me yeah uh let's not do a parable first okay. and i'll tell you okay. why i did this with our church recently okay and it was way too way too deep i mean i realized I yeah, you remember. There were, there were le- several times I thought, what is he talking about? Well, several times I didn't even know what I was talking about, to be honest with you. <laughs> it Half did appear that you had gotten to uh, it. And I, I wanted to shut it down earlier, but I had to finish the thought, and I thought, oh, that ship is way out at sea. Let's put an anchor down and come back. Okay, so I'm not going to do what you to yeah. you what we did to That's our good. church members. Yeah. That's very, Learn from your spirit. Okay, go with me if you have a Bible. Uh, if not, you're driving, I'll read it to you. Matthew chapter 26, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 27. Um, I did this when I was teaching this last time. Mm. I, I keep thinking it's 26. Well, but it's 27. It's 27, okay. verse 45. Whoa. Okay. okay, I want you to read it to us. 27, verse 45. The read death it. of Jesus. Yes. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. You read pretty good. Keep going. Oh, one more, one more. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. Uh, Eloi, Eli, 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 Lama Sabachthani. Yep, close. That's good. Ooh, Ooh, that's that pretty terrible. Good. <laughs> that's good. That is my God, my God. Why have you abandoned me? Ooh, okay. There you go. Now, I'm going to teach what you. What have you led us to here? I'm, okay. I'm totally lost. Okay, like you're you lost already. Okay, let me uh, let me back up and give you the steps of Jewish hermeneutics before we start interpreting the passage. Mm. Okay. Jewish hermeneutics, if you're listening, and maybe we can have this in the show notes so you don't have to write it all down. Sure. 
It's called pardes, mm. okay? P-A-R-D-E-S. Now, in Hebrew, you have to realize Hebrew is a, is a language built on consonants. There are no vowels. So how would they have said it? Okay, no, okay. If you say pardes, what would they have said? Uh... I think that one they could have said pardes. Okay, they the, the, okay. <laughs> they don't they have vowels. The they infer the vowels. Okay, okay they infer the vowels. That's helpful. This is what's so hard about translating the Hebrew language today. Yes. In fact, this is what was so hard about learning Hebrew. Okay. See, Greek. When you learn the Greek language, and in seminary I had to learn both, mm -hmm. three semesters of each. Yeah. I don't know. Still don't know how I did it. But uh, Greek. I had a harder time with Greek than Hebrew which is mind-blowing. When you hear how it works, you're yeah. going to say how. But I think Greek, I had to... See, in Greek, I had to learn English again. Mm. And I didn't even know that, English. Growing up in New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> we had a street language that was very inappropriate. I had a four-letter word that was my favorite adjective that I use all the time for them. But anyway, wow. seriously. But uh, So um, in Greek, you just have to learn a new set of, of words. You have basically the same letters. Yeah, same, yeah, same letters. So you're spelled saying, differently, okay. and you just learn the meaning. Yeah. Okay, so you just look at, so uh, alpha. Mm -hmm. Oh, not alpha. Alpha. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, uh, <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, parder, parder, I think, is okay. the father. I'm just okay. talking. Or, or metanoia. I can't even think of Greek words now. There you go. Uh, it's, it's early. It's not yeah, it is. Fault. It is very early. You were not prepared for that. Yeah. Um, so let's just say um, a Greek word. I can't even think. What is a Greek word right now? Do you uh, know a Greek word? Uh, I don't. It's metanoia. Greek, Greek, okay, Greek. metanoia, which would be repentance. Thank you. There you go. Okay. That was the one I was going to suggest. Okay, yeah, I figured. you. Yeah. you it was I'll on the tip of your tongue. I, I, saw, I saw that right there. It was like hanging on right there. Okay, so the word for sin yes. or, or, or the, the word for, uh, I don't even know what the word means now. I didn't even prepare any of this. Okay, let me just show you how it works. It's English words spelled differently. Right. That's what I'm trying to get at. Okay. okay. We don't have to give them a word. Hebrew is where I want to go. Okay. Gotcha. The Hebrew language is basically sticks and dots. Hmm. That's what the language is. So you have to learn a whole new set of sticks and dots. Then you have to learn how, what those sticks and dots are translated into English. Hmm. Then you have to translate the English into something else. Wow. That's what's so hard about Hebrew. Now, the, to make it even harder, the consonants are only there and the vowels are supplied. So the reason I say that is when you see the word pardes, yeah. know that the word in Hebrew is P, little a, big R, big D, little e, big S. See it? Yes, I do see it. Pardes. Okay. What does pardes mean? Are you looking it up on Wikipedia? Um, well, it refers to the approaches of biblical exegesis and rabbinic Juda Judaism or to interpretation of text in Torah study. Yeah. According to Wikipedia. No, okay, okay. <laughs> but that's true, though, because part of uh, Jewish, Jewish hermeneutics is exegesis. Right. So that's exactly yes. right. Okay. So let's talk about what Pardes is. There are four mm -hmm. parts to Pardes. Okay. Yeah, so Jewish as, as you've been listening, let me just interject this. Okay. If you're totally lost right now, that's okay. I was too when you first explained this, <laughs> but now is when. It gets a little simpler. You've heard this now seven times. So I, I have, think, and I think I'm you're almost starting. beginning to understand it. Okay. So maybe this is why they don't teach it in seminary. They <laughs> want is, people to pass. They want people to graduate. They to yeah, graduate. they don't want people to fail. Right. Okay. All right, so starting fresh, how we okay, study Okay, let me just work. back up one yeah. more second. Yeah. Why, why, am I, why are we doing this? That's a good question. Okay, let me, tell you, <laughs> let me tell you why we're doing this, okay? We are doing this because when you understand how Jesus teaches mm. Mm. And, and, and the process he uses— yeah. And uh, the way he um, 
encapsulates a story mm-hmm. and teaches a truth, I'm telling you, you will never read the Bible again. Yeah. That is the promise. If you stick with this and obviously the next yeah. podcast, you will understand mm-hmm. how to study the Bible in a way like never before. I know yeah. for me and for you as well. Right, absolutely. Okay. You, you start to read it and you think, man, this is only the beginning. Yes, only beginning. Even though I fully understand this and that takes some time to get through. That's only the surface level. Yeah. So let me give you the four okay. things. We'll unpack them probably next week. Okay. Yes. The first one is called Pashat. Mm-hmm. Okay. P-A-S. P-E-S. Well, it could be P-A-S or P. Remember. Okay. Well, here we go. I'm jokingly quoting only Wikipedia. Okay. No, that's the problem. We don't know if it's an E or an A. Okay. That's right. P. Vowel S H A T. That's it. Or E T. Or no. Or no A. Or just T. Okay. So that's. Yep. Yep. Actually, it's the word. Psst. So the first one is. Psst. Oh boy. Okay. Pashat. No. Pashat. P a s h a t. That's what yes. I. That's the way I spell it. Or p e s h a t. Same thing. Right. Okay. The second one is remez. R e m e z. Yep. The third one is drosh. D r a s h. Drosh. And the fourth one is something called sod. Not sod. It looks sod like would sod. make more sense because we're studying the word and you're thinking like sod's the ground floor. Yeah, here. yeah. I mean, but that's be. not right. But well, it's easy to remember. It's easier to remember that way. Yeah, it is easy to remember. But sod is probably yeah, the way they said it. The so, proper- sod, S-O-D. Okay, so let me define them for you real quick. Pashat would be surface level teaching. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it would be 30,000 foot view, big picture, mm-hmm. uh, casual reading. This is what most people mm-hmm. do when they study the Bible. Okay, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is where 90-something percent of people are. The second area of study is remez. Mm -hmm. Remez is a connection to the Old Testament. Yes. It would be a hint in the story, Mm -hmm. okay? It would be a, what I call in Hebrew, kesher. Mm -hmm. It'd be like like Velcro. So the New Testament, we'll talk about this next week, is Velcro to the Old Testament, if Mm -hmm. you will. It is hyperlinked like a website. The challenge for us is we don't know the old well, so we can't appreciate the new. Okay. Hello. The third one is drosh. This is taking the pashat and the and the remez, Mm -hmm. which is the surface level, uh, you know, open reading. Right. The connections through the remez. The drosh is what is the text saying now with all of this in mind. Now, the yeah. That's where you want to get. Yeah, that's, that's where you want to get. Yeah. Now, the challenge with drosh is it can become subjective at mm-hmm. times Yeah. because there are different remezes, and you'll see as we yeah. study this yeah. further. And then sowed is the hardest, least talked about, and I would say don't spend a lot of time here. Yeah. Sowed is only given by God. Right. Sowed is something you can't learn. You can't be mm-hmm. taught this. It's only given by God. Next week, I'll give you an example in the Bible of all four of these. And, and I think what's happened, what happens a lot of time when people get into uh, sowed is you can, that's when you can tend to stray away from what God is trying to tell us. God told me. spend a lot of time on that. That's yeah. where mysticism can come about and some of those things. So we want to understand it, but the goal for us is to really get to that drosh. And we're going to walk through that and really explain why in Matthew 27, we even read that verse. We're going to get back we'll to it. We'll walk through that. We'll explain that. And you will understand fully how to study the Bible more deeply. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.